Hi, my name is Alicia Hannah Kim, and I play Kim Da Eun on season five of Cobra Kai, and you are watching Cobra Kai Companion. What is that sound? Pain? Pain does not exist. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. Today, you guys, we have an incredible interview, uh, one of the earlier ones, because season five of Cobra Kai just released today, as a matter of fact. Uh, joining me is Alicia Hannah Kim, who plays Sensei Kim Da-un. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me, Peter. Absolutely. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's quite an honor and a privilege, you know, to be able to speak with you and, you know, kind of pick your brain about the show. But I would like to learn about you. And that's, that's the thing like our listeners really enjoy as well is uh, finding more backstory about, about the actors themselves. Um, so you are from Sydney. Yes. And what was that like growing up? Because I, uh, I believe I read that you were also like um, you, you took some theater earlier on. Yes. I mean, growing up in Australia is the literal best. I could not be more thankful to have been born in Australia and be Australian, be a little, you know, suburban Aussie kid growing up, going to the beach and, you know, Australia is incredibly safe and, and um, outdoorsy, multicultural, you know, I had a really amazing time growing up in Australia. So I really miss it a lot and I try to go back as much as I can. I um I run a Facebook group you know for for the podcast but but it is a, a community you know we we call ourselves the com- companions obviously but uh, two of my moderators are from Australia one of which is actually from Sydney as well Woo! so there you go yeah. um but, and they were really excited to hear that you're you know one of them so um when when did you decide that you want to get into acting? Were you always like a bit of a performer? Did you do any anything else like music? Yeah, it, you know, it didn't really occur to me when I was younger. I was just, you know, a regular kid going to school. I definitely did music. I mean, I'm Korean, so I did piano and flute. I was in the school band. I did flute. I did violin for a little while, which never te- let your kid learn violin if they're bad at it because it's just like... <laughs> sound um so I was very musical I I I learned all of you know the required instruments for band and school and I loved it um but yeah I didn't I I started going to ATYP which is the Australian Theatre for Young People in Sydney and I started that sort of towards the end of high school um and I think it was sort of really there that I understood that it was something that really meant a lot to me and that I wanted to pursue. But I was never sort of um, hell-bent when I was a kid. I I think it really came later. Um, And I also think it's a really intimidating uh, dream or profession to pursue because it is so difficult. It can be so difficult. And um, so, yeah, I was always quite daunted and secretive about it, (laughs) Hey, um, I would love to see something where you and Thomas do something together. 
Yes, I, I loved working with Thomas this season. You know, I, my first scene was with him and I met him in the van over to the airfield and, and he was just so unfailingly kind and warm. And I have so much respect for how Thomas lives his life. You know, he's a real Renaissance man. He's a musician. He's a writer. Um, and he has this beautiful, beautiful wife, Mary, and they have a wonderful family. And I think he's a really sort of well-rounded uh, man, gentleman. Yeah, he really is. I uh, I got the op- opportunity to speak with him last year, but then earlier this year over at Paley Fest, and um, I did see Mary kind of be- behind the scenes while I was working the red carpet. And uh, when I spoke with Thomas on the red carpet, I pointed him out to my cameraman, Ken Cole, who also runs a YouTube channel of his own. And at that point, since he stepped out of the frame, Ralph and Billy thought that it was their turn to come over. But I, I asked everyone to take a picture with, like after I spoke with them. So I didn't get one with Thomas. But later that evening, I actually bumped into him and Mary at a restaurant, coincidentally. So I was able to get a picture after all. But um, Oh, he's such a gentleman and he's so kind and warm and incredibly talented. He, I love I love that they brought him back and he, and he got to... Um, continue a character that he played when he was uh, you know I, I believe 29 30 and so what an incredible journey for him as an artist absolutely uh, you mentioned you played a variety of instruments did you um, also take martial arts you know I didn't that's the one thing that I didn't do when I was younger I, I did a lot of dance though so you know I remember doing ballet and a bit of tap and you know I cross country running which I, I believe is distance running in America um, you know swimming in Australia everybody's very physical and very sporty so I was always really engaged in that but for some reason I didn't do taekwondo although my brother did and so I remember sort of sitting on the sidelines and maybe I was too young but I was watching him sort of break boards and you know, wear the white gi and, you know, I loved it. But for some reason, I didn't do it. When I moved to LA, I started training in Muay Thai, which is a Thai kickboxing. um, And that's very intense sport. And so I did have some uh, confidence going into the training that I would be able to handle myself. I think sort of blissfully ignorant and positive about that because the the training was obviously very intense and, and, um, but I loved it. That was, you know, the best, that's the best part of being Cobra Kai is getting to fight people. Absolutely. No, uh, yeah, you mentioned Muay Thai. Uh, I believe when Tori was introduced, she mentions a little bit of kickboxing. So a lot of elbows and knees. And yeah, yeah so um, uh, you have uh, previously worked on other stuff. Um, I, I'm not familiar with the show Minx. Is that something still going on as well? I believe Minx has been picked up for a second season. Um I'm not sure. I, I finished, I was filming that at the same time that I was doing Cobra Kai. So I was going back and forth. I was shooting one episode of Minx and then coming in and shooting Cobra Kai and then flying back to shoot more Minx and then flying back to shoot Cobra Kai. So for me, it was like a really epic time. It was very uh, hectic, but I, at the same time, was getting to play these two sort of iconic, powerful women, very, very different uh, and yet somewhat similar in that they're both inhabiting this antagonist's role in the story. It's just that Wendy Ma and Minx does it with a smile and Kim Da-un does it with a punch. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and kicks and even hits with a bamboo stick. Yeah. No. Hits a ban- <laughs> yeah. bamboo stick. Also, the little weapon that she has on the end of her hair. It's like a little accessory that she uses. I mean, I think she uses everything she has to her advantage. So I think having even just a little accessory on the end of her ponytail, she knows she can use that in a lethal way as well. She's very yeah, resourceful. Frank She's a MacGyver. Say that last part again. She's a MacGyver. She's using. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get to uh, to the MacGyver comment, but yeah, Frank Helmer, just like everything that you wear on Cobra Kai, just it looks uh, fantabulous. Uh, now, I don't know if this is part of wardrobe, but your earrings when you step off of the, uh, I was like when I first um, watched it, uh, I was able to get a screener, so I saw it ahead of time. I was like. Is she going to use those as weapons? Like those could be like sort of like picks, you know. It, it, so immediately, I thought lethal, just be, just based mm. off of the earrings alone. Can you talk yeah, about Frank, like uh, your your style on the show? Frank did an incredible job. Frank is a, a, a wardrobe designer, and he is he was very um, enthusiastic when I first showed up, and I wasn't really sure what to expect. And he put me in this beautiful sort of you know suit pants and heels and this beautiful belted sort of vests and it's sort of emblematic of a gi and then with the accessories you know obviously Kim Dae-un is not someone that is you know interested I think really in that sort of that side of life but I agree that whatever she is wearing is a potential weapon and so that sort of clean line of the earring and her cuff and her cuff could be like a Wonder Woman cuff that she uses as a block. She could pull one of those out and use it as, as a dagger. I think, you know, everything that she wears is constructed for a purpose. Um, and Frank really understood that and so crafted such a beautiful look for her. So I was really lucky. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to speak with him again to kind of get his thoughts as well on, on his decisions on what to uh, have you wear. Uh, you mentioned that you were filming both Minx and Cobra Kai simultaneously. Um, what what was the um, like audition pr- uh, process for you to get Cobra Kai? Like, how how did you even get involved with the project? So this was during pandemic. It was still the pandemic, and um, everything. So actors usually go in the room and audition with the casting director, and you go through this whole process to get a job. But obviously, during pandemic, that all went digital, and so we were all self taping at home, and so. For both Minx and Cobra Kai, I was self-taping it at home. And um, at first, I was not aware what the show was for Cobra Kai because it's so secretive and popular that they they use dummy names. And so they had a different name for the show. So I wasn't aware what it was. I was just struck by the character, the, the way that they described her walking off of this private jet with this immediate air of just fierceness and disdain for the circumstances and immediately being rooted in her power against a formidable ally and foe, Terry Silva. You know, for me, as a Korean person, it struck me that she was so infused with this force of this power. So I, I was struck by the character. I was immediately hooked on that. And, um, yeah, I didn't really know what it was for until much later in the process. And um, I ended up booking both Minx and Cobra Kai on the same day. So it was very hectic. And 
Minx was shooting the following day. So I was immediately on set there. And while I was on set filming, I got a call during um, in between takes from my representatives that said that, okay, so Kubra Kaya is going to uh, work with the Minx schedule and we're going to have you do both at the same time, which I really have to thank both productions for allowing me to do that because it is a scheduling nightmare. And um, I'm really grateful we were able to work that out. Um, but yeah, I, I got a lot of miles going back and forth between LA and I really had like my routine down, you know, I had like my little snacks on the plane. I would watch Cobra Kai going over, and, you know. That's what I was about to ask. Like, what does Alicia do on these plane flights? Cause it sounds like <laughs> you did a lot of them. Yeah. I, I watched Cobra Kai a lot. Um, I slept because, um, some of those plane rides back were, were quite early in the morning. Um, and I was reading scripts and lines back and forth because the schedule was very tight um, and the worlds were, couldn't have been more different. You know, Minx is set in this sort of 70s publishing world and, and it's very fashion-y and very witty and feminist and, you know, there's a lot of great, powerful feminine energy over there. And then on Cobra Kai, it's just like you're in the dojo and there's like male senseis everywhere and there's teenagers running around screaming and, you know, so there's very different energies. But like I said, I felt as an actor, felt really empowered that I got to play um, two characters that were, I feel, iconic. Yeah, I I would I would say that. Um, again, I'm not familiar familiar with Minx, but it's on HBO Max, correct? It's on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. Now now that Cobra Kai is out, I'll let the fandom kind of do their thing, and I'm going to go so watch. Just take a little break, you know. Let everyone catch up to me. You know how many times I've uh, watched season five, but I'm going to check out Minx. <laughs> yeah, please do. It's a wonderful show. It's so well written. Laugh yeah. out loud, funny. The actors are brilliant. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. If it Cobra Kai funny. fans want to take a break. Which I don't think they do because they love Cobra Kai. I mean, just like on a day off, if you need something else, then that's there for you. But by all means, stay in the valley and watch Cobra Kai also because we love that. Depending on which episode you want to stop at, it might be a little heavy. So you can probably use some comedy, some levity for me. That's feel. true. Yeah. Episode 10 is very intense. I, I you know, I was talking with someone else pre previously to this about how um, the Chosen and Silver fight just so deeply emotional and the stakes are so high and everybody loves those characters so much. And so I think Cobra Kai fans are really in for the roller coaster on season five. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's like that for every season. Um, uh, I've, I've spoken with Yuji a number of times. Um, I actually went to go visit him maybe about a month ago at his restaurant up in Seattle. Oh. And um, I've had a theory ever since like prior to season three, because I'm, I'm a big chosen fan. I'm a huge chosen fan. I love the karate kid part two. Um, I, I, I tell people all the time, like when I was a little kid, it was uh, very rare to watch a movie with faces that look like mine, you know, and, and, and chosen was a bad guy, but he reminded me a lot of my uncle, you know, kind of yeah. charming, dangerous, <laughs> you know, yeah. so like chosen is kind of like my uncle, but um, so I, Welcome to his return in part. had this theory. I won't get too far into it, but my theory. Three. And then when season five came back up and we saw that very first trailer where we see your, the back of your head and your hair, like, oh, who's that? And, um, and again, that theory came back up. I go, it kind of makes sense. Joseph's going to die. I don't want it, you know? And they really fooled us, didn't they? Like, I, yeah. I really thought that it was going to happen. 
it's very easy to have red herrings for Cobra Kai fans because everybody's so invested and everybody has their favorites. Um, but I will say I love your story about having chosen as a touchstone of representation for you because I was talking about this with someone else about how, you know, for us, the minute we see an Asian person in a show or a movie, we know instantly who they are because we, we grab onto them, you know, and we, we research who they are and what they're doing and, you know, who they're playing, what other work that they've done. And, and that just highlights how significant representation is for, for BIPOC people. So I hope, I hope even me just being in the show is, can be a touchstone to like a young Asian girl somewhere and just seeing her own face on screen is, is really healing and very meaningful. I, I think it will. I, I have two daughters. One is 20 and uh, I, I would love to get her thoughts on, on, um, on, on your character. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, like I said, I, I kind of grew up on these, uh, these movies. So um, I'm, I'm Miyagi though, but I, but That's season okay. five. <laughs> okay. I Good have for you. Tattoo on my arm too, but um, season five and and all the marketing leading up to it, like I was, you know, like I don't know, I, I was kind of questioning my allegiance. Like um, those commercials look good; they got some really badass senseis, and like I really love the way um, your character is written. And also kudos to, I mean, it's also your performance, but also first and foremost, congratulations! It's currently a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and you got to feel proud about that. I'm not surprised because yeah. I have a lot of trust in the big three and this cast is just stellar. So I'm really happy for everybody involved um, to, to have that validation. Um, and I would say the Cobra Kai fan is just so well taken care of by the writers, by the actors, by the world. And you know this, obviously, having met so many of the cast, it's just how genuine everyone is. So I think it couldn't happen to better people. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I'm glad that, you know, the critics seem to like it. And I long may it continue. You know, it's such a rich universe. There's so many stories to explore. Absolutely. Um, so how I, I know we're not um, we, we don't have too much more time. I, I kind of want to uh, briefly ask like uh what what is your history with the karate kid because your character is brand new and it's kind of legacy adjacent right because your grandfather is this um kind of mythical legend so to speak from the third movie and we've known very little about him until this season yeah i, I really like that that term legacy adjacent you're really good with the terms peter i like that we've got the big three we've got legacy adjacent i love that thank um, you Look, you know, I think we've, we've had a lot of um, time exploring Miyagi-Do, which is, you know, descended from Japan. And, you know, with Cobra Kai, it's always been a, a little touch mysterious. Um, we haven't ever seen Kim Sun-yong in person. We don't, don't have an idea of his family or we just have this sort of tidbits that Kim Sun-yong taught Captain Turner during the Korean War and then Captain Turner subsequently taught Terry Silver and John Kreese during the Vietnam War. And that is what is uh, distilled down into this feud in the valley and this, you know, 30-year um, conflict between Johnny and, and Daniel. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what's great about any kind of future storyline is that there's so much to unpack with the origin of Cobra Kai, the true origin of Cobra Kai. 
And also just, you know, geopolitically, there's a lot of history between Japan and Korea and, and the United States. And I find that really fascinating that we can have those um, represented in the dojos. We can have it represented through the generations and these characters. It's, it's really epic. I, I had not seen The Karate Kid before I had booked the show. I've since watched it. Amazing, adorable, we love. It's really, it's really fun for me having met Billy and Ralph as adults to watch them when they were younger. <laughs> and this, it was like such a trip for me. I did it all backwards. Like I, I film, then I finish the series, then I watch the movies, and then I'm, you know, <laughs> having having the reverse journey than the average uh, Cobra Kai fan. But um, yeah, I just I think there's a lot to explore, and what can I say? I, I hope it continues. <clears throat> I, I hope so too. Definitely crossing my fingers to see a, a return because I, I don't think it's over um, for for the Cobras at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do kind of like your experience the whole backwards thing. It's it's, it's a very unique one, and I, I wish <laughs> I would be able to experience something that that different. That because you know, like it's it, uh, the, the the first film is a, a huge classic, you know, and yeah. so and, and Mr. Miyagi is so iconic, right? So to be able to kind of watch Cobra Kai and be familiar with Ralph and Billy now and to go see them as like teenage kids. And it's just like, I was so moved. I was so moved to see them young and, and, you know, in this big movie and they're both so wonderful in it. And yeah, it's very on brand for me personally. I will say I, I started watching Game of Thrones in season five. So I'm a, I'm a huge Johnny come lately to anything. Um, so personally on brand for me, terrible for the average Cobra Kai fan. I, I'm sure to digest this new information, um, but I'm yeah. very sorry. And I have now caught up. So I'm all, I'm all there and I'm, I join you all in standing the universe. Well, I think I joined Game of Thrones uh, season four. So not, not too yes. far ahead of you, but yes. also um, I still haven't seen Squid Game and I've been getting a lot of flack for that. Yeah. yeah. I know Hannah well, told me that you're into like the K-pop and all the stuff to Korean drama. I love all of it. It's it's all just such just excellence. It's Korean excellence right now around the around the world. Um, Squid Game will be a great watch for you. I actually, kind of envy you because you get to watch it for the first time. I, I I went through a journey watching that. It was so frightening and it's just on the edge of my seat. And and then also just being so proud um, that they would make something so singular and successful. Um, is just a tribute to the deep, deep creativity of the Korean people. I think right now we are really in, in a golden age and, and across music and fashion and food and dramas, we're really um, getting to express ourselves in a way that is unprecedented. And I feel very, very proud of that. Yeah, no, um, I... Yeah, um, this is a bit of a joke, but I, I feel you guys helped uh, Asians start trending, you know, <laughs> with, with like BTS and all these things. You know, I, I grew up and we were jokes in cinema, you know, like right. cameras, you know. So, right. yeah. No, and certainly also in my career, you know, I've played those minority roles that were not important, that were not nuanced, that were stereotypical. And, and certainly that impacted me as the performer, um, definitely made me feel sidelined. You know, in something like this, as Kim done in, in Cobra Kai, I feel really blessed that I'm 
I'm part of a story that is so rich and so layered and meaningful um, and that my character is, is uh, infused with so much significance in that wider story. Um, and so getting to express yourself like that as a performer is rare. Um, certainly for BIPOC performers, it can be rare. So I feel very thankful to the big three <laughs> <laughs> for creating this and um and encouraging that journey, representation means everything to me. I, I had the very good fortune of meeting Michelle Yeoh a couple of days ago. And, and while internally I was falling apart, I did manage to articulate to her that for me, watching her on screen when I was younger was a touchstone for me as much as you watching uh, Chosen on screen. And you see yourself represented back to you and you see a possibility of you in that landscape as well, it's also really healing and, and to see those authentic faces in that in media. And um, I think, you know, representation is our big goal, you know, as artists that are in, um, that are out there working today. I mean, for me, I remember Frank saying to me in my first wardrobe bidding, he goes, oh, no, because, again, I was, I was new and I was very sort of blissfully ignorant. And he was like, no, you don't understand. Like, someone's going to dress up as you for Halloween. Like, a little girl's going to dress up as you. And I, I looked at it. It was just a regular wardrobe fitting to me. And I was like, do you, re- do you really think so? I don't think so. I, think so. I don't think so. I and do. now I'm like, oh, my God, if one, one young girl dresses up as me for Halloween, I will cry. <laughs> I will legit cry. So if we find you know, pictures, we will tag you on Twitter. Please tag yeah. me. <laughs> please yeah, tag I, me. I would love to see it. I can't imagine, you know, I was already sort of beside myself seeing mini Kim Dutton played by this lovely young actress, Sarah Ann, and she she just nailed it. And seeing her in the pinky sort of bouncing around while Chris and Silva were training was just so special to me. Yeah, I, I I mean, I can talk to you for hours. I know you got to get going here. Um, uh, if, if I can just kind of ask one more question. I, I wanted to ask more about the relationship between Silver because there's just some very um, uh, lines that you say that kind of make you like, hmm, what's what's behind that? But I, I kind of like, if you could just t- talk about like uh, Sensei Kim and Tori during the like a punishment scene. I don't know what else you want to call that. Kind of just your insight on you like as a person and and kind of viewing that that sequence yeah that's the climactic sort of penultimate moment where tori is pushed past her limit and it's really a deal breaker for her it's a straw that breaks the camel's back you know for me um for our characters we i think we were headed for that collision all season long um we had this very sort of toxic dynamic of me pushing her and molding her and forcing her to be the darkest version of herself in a sort of misconstrued effort to find strength. I mean, regular me is like, that's misconstrued, but for Kim Dutton, that is the only way, that is the only way that you, that you are able to exist in the world. And that furthers that no mercy creed that is so ingrained in her, just in her heritage. Um, as an actor, I was very apologetic to Peyton because what I put her through this season is just awful. And I was constantly hugging Una and Peyton and just, you know, trying to be, um, take care of them in between takes because I'm terrible to them. And, 
luckily we have such a light, friendly atmosphere that it was, I think it was okay. But um, certainly that scene was climactic and I love the music. I think that um, the composers, Zach and Leo, did such an incredible job of just heightening the stakes there. And as a viewer, I mean, I doing the scene, of course, you're in it. And so you, you just sort of are in another space. But when I was watching the scene much later, I was shocked by, by how dark it was and how, how it really got under her skin and, and seeing the, the ways that I knew how to push her buttons, you know, and the pleasure that, that Kim Dan takes in, in knowing that she pushed her past her limit. I think it's a reflection also of what Kim Dan herself has been through in her training to become who she is. Because let's not forget in episode seven, when we see Sarah Ann as Kim Da-un, she's wearing this really sweet pink gi and sort of just innocently playing um, while watching Terry and Crease uh, and train. And so when I saw that, I was so touched because I thought, you know, even Kim Da-un at some point was just an innocent girl. And, and what happened to her deformed her into this this controlled extreme fanatical version of herself what what has driven her to this point so I think what she puts Tori through is a rite of passage that I'm sure she herself was put through as well yeah I I, I bet even though again I'm kind of a more of the uh, Miyagi-Do um <laughs> just your, your lines and the things that you can extrapolate from those lines and kind of paint a picture of what you think she is uh, like uh, prior to us seeing her in Cobra Kai, you, it, it's hard to not respect that, you know? Like, yeah. Respect her as a I sense. understand why you're Miyagi-Do. They have a great garden. You know, <laughs> I, I got asked on the red carpet at the premiere, like, which dojo would you be in? I was like, well, me personally, I'd like to be Miyagi-Do too because that Zen garden is gorgeous and yeah. I'd like to sit on that little balance board and it just seems really just, you know, good vibes, good energy. You know, Cobra Kai is very extreme, you know. I know exactly what you mean because I, I did get a chance to visit the set prior to filming season three and I stood in that room with the uh, uh, Miyagi picture it was like it was like being in a temple, you know. Oh, it's so calming. Yeah. It's very yeah. relaxing and supportive. Cobra Kai is all about, you know, just competition, no mercy, and, and just like there's no room for error. It's unforgiving. There's no nuance. But Miyagi is just very much like come as you are, give you a hug, and sit on the balance bar. I mean, I'd love that. That seems yeah. that seems like a good place to be. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm so so sorry to take up much of your time, but thank you so much for carving out the time to to speak with me today. Um, just real quick, where can um, if people don't already follow you, you're a great follow. Uh, you know your your training videos and uh, comments on television shows. Where can people follow you on Instagram and Twitter? On Instagram, I'm at the Alicia Hanna. On Twitter, which is my worst habit. I love Twitter so much. Twitter, just Alicia Hannah. And I really try to respond to everyone. You know, at first I was sort of on the like and the respond because I really appreciate everybody's support. So I was really trying. But if I don't do that going forward, um, it's not my fault. You're busy. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah, you're, you're a busy person. So yes. uh, with that, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this and we will see you guys next time. Thank you, Peter. It was lovely. Bye. Thank you.
Haven't you done enough, princess? 